It is the Sweet 16 edition of the Sleepers podcast. I'm feeling sweet. I hope Carter's feeling sweet. Carter, how are you today? Doing, I'm doing better, man. I mean, in all, you know, when you put life in the bigger picture, there's so much bigger things in basketball. You know, I'm healthy now. I'm good. I'm feeling good. You know, been hydrating, you know, being nice to people, using my manners. So, you know, everything's pretty good. Are you going to be the face of the wear mask movement going forward? The, like. That's the thing. I've been the face of a wear mask movement. That's what the bullshit is. I see people out here just living their life, doing whatever, just doing all willy nilly. And I'd be out here, you know, smacking people with hand sanitizer, wearing my mask and somehow I get the vid. So, you know, it just it shows that bad things happen to good and good looking people. <laughs> well, it's good to see you made a full recovery, my guy. Yeah. Uh, we are we are actually going on the one year anniversary of the initial COVID shutdown. If you recall, Carter, you were at the Waddell household that weekend. I was. I was. And I think I said a statement, I quote, unquote, I don't know if I can do this for 30 days. And a year later, here we are. Still we are. In, still in it. And it comes full circle. Uh, and maybe the basketball world also comes full circle. Michigan returns to the Sweet 16 for their fourth consecutive season, making the Sweet 16. Michigan State does not. And we'll get just, into it. We'll, uh, just, we'll, we'll, just, we'll go right just, into just, it. Just disappointing. That's all it is. Just disappointing. Do you want to start there? I mean, do you, want to, do you want to do like overall round one thoughts and then work our way into Michigan, Michigan State? I feel like we need to amp up a little bit. Okay. Well, I'll give my quick thoughts on Michigan State. Uh, I was at a low spot when it first happened. Um, I didn't want to be around anybody, talk to anybody. I was, I was really down in the dumps and I had COVID. So it was just all really bad at once. But despite what happened in that game, I think the worst part is that I came to grips with it and I was okay with it, that we blew the game to UCLA that we had. I came to grips with it somewhat. Yeah, we're starting, we're starting to begin the healing process. And then I start thinking like we could have, play BYU and Abilene Christian and been in the sweet 16. Like that is like, I don't know why the madness gods had to do that to me to open up my wound again, but it's open and it hurts because Abilene Christian, I'm sorry. Like that first round dub was good, but that team's not good. They're not, they're not. Yeah. It was kind of kicking you while you were down. I feel like nobody expected uh, Texas to lose in that fashion. I think you and I were both way too high on Texas uh, both as a potential opponent for both Michigan and Michigan state in this bracket. Mm-hmm. Clearly that didn't happen. Um, I I'm with you. I mean, I, I, I had the winner of that game beating BYU, no matter who it was. Mm-hmm. And then when you see Abilene there after that, especially how UCLA is just like manhandled both of those teams, I mean, convincing wins and don't get me wrong. UCLA has talent. They're a good team. Uh, but Michigan state blew a 14 point lead. They had a double digit lead at halftime. We were up five. We were up five with ninety seconds to go. And you you can point a lot of fingers here. You can point the the missed box out finger to. I mean, Aaron Henry played pretty well in that game overall before that happened. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I think the whole Izzo thing at halftime. We're gonna talk about that. I mean, I don't. I mean, I guess we have to, but I don't really want to talk about it. I mean, I'm not. I'm in the the realm or the area like that's just 
that's just what it is. Like that's, that's coaching. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm fine with the fact that there's an altercation with a player. That's fine. Like that's Izzo's way. It's been that way his whole career. Don't make too big of a deal out of it. My spin zone though, which I don't get why Michigan state fans aren't making a bigger deal of is like, you're up 11 at half. And that's the tone you're setting going into half. Like, are you telling me that set no sort of tone for the rest of that game? That had me fired up. Oh, man. If I'm a UCLA player running into the tunnel a little dejected down 11 at half and I see the opposing coach going at his guy like that, I'm like, oh, shit, we got life. That's what you're saying? Really? I, I honestly would. I would feel that way. Truly. I mean, just no, to me, that's no composure. That's no like sense of the moment of the fact that you're up 11 points at half. And then what happened is totally different team in the second half. Was it not? Yeah, it was shrug emoji. I don't fire, know. Fire I don't know what to say. Shrug emoji. Here it is, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just, man, there's, all, there's always something with that guy. And uh, you know, it, it's one thing when there's always something and you're making those final four runs. It's one thing when it's always something and you've made one sweet 16 in six seasons. Yeah. We literally made the final four in 2019. One sweet 16 since Miles Bridges verbally committed to Michigan State. We literally made the final four in the last tournament. Been a long time. In the last tournament, we made the final four. I'm just saying. Last year in the COVID year, we were probably making a run to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop. If you don't think we were, if you don't think we were, then you're hang the banner. Because if there's one thing I know, dudes that crown themselves champs before the games are played. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that Nike released long sleeve t-shirts that I bought that said our time. And it was our time. And by the way, to everyone who was in my mentions chirping me about, you know, Michigan state losing, I'm not, I'm here. All right. I ain't hiding. And if you're under six feet, same on you because you can't reach shit on the top shelf, and I can. Hey, you were hiding this weekend, though. Let's not lie. You were out of the group chats. You were. I mean, I just didn't have any. I didn't have any response. We lost. What you want from me? Okay, don't act like you weren't ducking a little bit. I'd never. I'm I'd, glad you. I'm glad you recovered. I'm glad you composed. Oh, but in my in my 28 years of life, I have never once duck smoked ever. Well. Okay. Let the record show. You've never ducked smoke and let the record show. Tom Izzo's a two-time national champion, apparently, because y'all would have won it all last year. So you could sleep well at night knowing that would have happened. No, don't no, because see, now I see where you're going. You're gonna group me in with the champagne clippers, and that ain't me. Hey, I I'm just sensing some similarities. Um, but let's talk about the champagne clippers. Nice little transition for us. Illinois. The fan base, the team, the athletic director, the people on staff, the coaches, everybody, the media has crowned these guys something they were not, Carter. They, you know what? You, you asked for it. You had it coming. Trent Frazier put up a little piece of paper. You're a liar now. That's not good. We don't support liars and sleepers media. No. That's, for one, that's for one. Two, you had the audacity to take that picture remaking the picture with Darren Williams, Luther Head, and D Brown and just disgusting behavior. Like it's just it. And you don't get rewarded. The, the March madness gods do not appreciate that. 
That's one thing. And you got humbled. You were on your high horse. Everyone was hyping you up. You won the Big Ten chip, the Big Ten tournament. They're saying you're the best team in the country. And y'all got dog y'all got dominated in every facet of the game. You're all every all everything point guard was in the projects all game. That boy Luca, he might still be in Lucas Williamson's pocket. Cameron Crutwig, Kofi Coburn, mm, nah, he ain't the one. No. Circles around that man. The coaching staff, Moser, our boy Drew and the boys, had Underwood, shooketh, shaky warrior. Trembling. Mm. Trembling. Yeah, they were, I mean, they were out, out coached, out hustled, out shot, out played, out everything. Out swagged. Sister Jean had stupid wrist games. She had some flower thing on her wrist. She was going crazy. And let's make it clear this Loyola team is not a Cinderella. We've been trying to tell you this Loyola team has been a top 10 team by all indicators that matter to me. Uh, and no, the AP and the coaches' polls do not matter to me. They they are destined for this run at this point. I'm excited for them that they're basically playing the one seed spot now. I mean, they inherit a one seed draw. They get a 12 seed and then potentially an 11 seed if it's not Houston in the Elite Eight game. Not to look ahead. I know Loyola won't be looking ahead. But um, embarrassing for Illinois. I mean, Ayo Desumu wanted no part of that down the stretch. I was told that that should be the national player of the year. By quite a few people. I was told that Io DeSumo was the Mariano Rivera of college basketball. Well, let's just say we'll mark that up as a blown save. I I was told that that man put a mask on, and so that meant that this was just a Final Four cakewalk. That's what I was told. I was told he put a mask on because he had a broken nose. I didn't know he was trying to hide from smoke. And listen, Illinois has not made a Sweet 16 since 2005. Greg, repeat that, please. Illinois has not made a Sweet 16 since 2005, and I hope I'm actually right on that because I, I think you. It's, Illinois has not made a Sweet 16 <laughs> since I had to get a permission slip to get to the bus driver to go to my friend's house after school. That's literally the last time they touched a Sweet 16. Oh man, Ugh, couldn't be my team. Couldn't be. I mean, no, I mean, you get at least you get one every six years. I got, I really wish I could take back what I say sometimes. <laughs> I really set myself up for that one, but that's all Listen, right. Hey, not everybody can go every year. It's, it's just is what it is. Okay. Look, I enjoy it. Enjoy the runs when you make them. Illinois, maybe uh, if you're my age and you're listening to this, maybe by the time your kids have a driver's license, you'll see another Sweet 16. Um, We'll see. You never know. Maybe next year is the year. Maybe everybody takes their COVID year, runs it back, and uh, you have a year just like Wisconsin did where you start the year top five and you never look back. Can't believe those accountants actually won a first-round game. So the Big Ten stinks, though. Let's let's acknowledge that. Uh, oh, no. Let's talk about that real quick. Okay. The Big Ten is was the best conference to me in college basketball this year. You can make an argument for the Big 12. You can make an argument for them. I'll take that. I'll, I'll argue that. the Big 12. I'll okay, and, and that's something that I would acknowledge, and I acknowledge the greatness that is the Big 12. This isn't a case of <clears> – <throat> sorry, excuse me. This isn't a case of the Big 10 being overrated. This is a case of the Big 10 underperforming, basically. They just didn't show up. Uh, team, they that's, – that's all it is. There's no direct correlation between underperforming and, you know, basically – a whole conference being frauds like it is what it is the proof is in the pudding we were one of the best conferences in college basketball this year 
So we underperformed. We weren't overrated. Yeah, I, I, I want to agree with you. And for the most part, I do agree with you. And a lot of this is matchup based. Like, I, I don't know. I got in some Twitter spats after the Thursday, Friday night games uh, or the Friday, Saturday night game, sorry, of just saying like brackets aren't won or lost in the first two days. Like it, conferences aren't proven good off of the first round games. That's just not it. It's about like, do you have actual title contenders? Uh, which is where I differ from you a little bit that clearly they didn't have the title contenders. Illinois, to me, the issue is Illinois and Iowa laid eggs because all season long to me, it hasn't been this historically, oh my God, there's seven, eight killer teams here. Like Ohio State's been susceptible to losses all season long. They overachieved. I don't know how that team got a two seed and they've had a really horrible defense that Oral Roberts took advantage of. Purdue, I don't know how that's a four seed. Rafael Davis tried to tell me they had the highest ceiling of any team in the Big Ten. <laughs> Sorry, not happening. So I, I just don't get it. The rest of the conference, like Rutgers blows the second half or the second round game. They should be a Sweet 16 team. Didn't happen. Um, who am I even missing? I mean, other teams down the line. Maryland makes the second round. and gets but, but, but also a comment on, like, this is the thing, though. This is why I say underperforming. The way that Iowa lost that game to Oregon. They were doing things that they just haven't done all year. Like they, okay, this is what, no, get, hear me out on this. Ah. They've been a susceptible defense. I'll say that they've been susceptible on the defensive end, but like they weren't even getting back. Like they damn near quit. It was yeah, kind of, I mean, they, their soul got taken from them. Right. But I don't know, dude. I, so I've been on, I've been leading the Iowa bandwagon in, every spot in my life pretty much this whole year I had them in the elite eight I I thought they would lose to Gonzaga but I really thought this Iowa team was different and for real I still think over the course of the season they were different and for real but they lost because of the same thing that they lose every year from I mean their defense was that bad and it wasn't even like schematically it was effort like you said and you can paint that like oh we got down they hit some shots and it, it took it from us but like that team didn't have a chance in that game. And Luca Garza put up 36 and there wasn't even a second in that second half of the game where the game was in question. This Oregon team is not that good. Also is the other thing. Like that wasn't like some really undervalued Oregon team that should be like a two seed. No, this, this, this wasn't the Peyton Pritchard, Oregon ducks. No Pritchard. And I will, I will give the Pac-12 some credit. In fact, I think you, you have a little, uh, maybe i don't know a statement to read here in a minute can i do that right now sure yeah i actually actually typed it up in my notes like a formal apology like in the notes app that should be done so let me bring this up dear pac 12 i am sorry i had the audacity to say that coming into the tournament everyone should fade the pac 12 your games come on too late at night bill walton sucks and you guys don't play anybody i was wrong you guys have been the best conference that has been in the tourney this year so far. That happened. You knocked my team out. You knocked a lot of teams out. You blew Kansas out. You've really done it all. I thought USC was overrated as hell. I thought you had Evan Mobley and then a bunch of random transfers, which you do, but they somehow make it work. Like I said, accept my apology or don't accept it. I don't really care, but I am sorry. Pac-12 conference, conference of champions, shout out Bill Walton, signed Carter Elliott. Wow. That's big of you. I mean, it takes, it takes a man to come on 
a camera in front of the microphone and do something like that, Carter. I'm proud of you for that. Yeah, I, you know, some, you know, there was some dumbass who said fade the Pac-12, and then I took a deep look in the mirror and realized that I was that dumbass. So I apologize. Uh, speaking of just fading the Pac-12, uh, I did buy into that this entire weekend, and boy, was it not a pretty betting weekend for your guy. I had a great, I mean, a historically great first day. I think you, I, I was texting you. I was like 15 and one the first day, as hot as hot can be. Bye-bye. <laughs> Next three more than made up for that run. And what did you text me? talking about, all right, I've been here before. It's <laughs> true. I mean, yeah, we just can't, can't let it happen again. Uh, what can you do? When the Pac-12 wins games, I will probably bet the wrong side of that. I don't know that that's going to change. Okay, but the thing is, you know what? It's not all your fault. You know what? Shaka Smart owes you a check. He does. He really does. He really does. Um, okay, let's let's do – I want to get some winners and losers. Uh, I guess before we go into winners and losers from the first week, we do have to talk about Michigan. Uh, and if we're going to talk about Michigan, I just have a little little something for you real quick before we do that. I'll make it. How do you feel about that song, Cart? I just wish you put on some more heat. <laughs> you feel better about yourself as a person right now? Oh, it's still playing. I didn't even know it was still playing. All right, turn it on, please. Whoops. I'm sorry. That was uh, horribly executed on my end. But how, how do you feel about that, Cart? Look, listen, like I said that Michigan was going to get through the first game and LSU, and they did. So everyone acts like I was shitting on Michigan. Like Michigan is still a really good team. Would they be a, be- would they be a better team with Isaiah Livers? Yes, but this team is still really good. And there are some Michigan fans, including the one who's on the other side of the screen, oh. who, are, who are down talking their team, said their season, no, said their season was over because they lost Isaiah Livers. And oh, I tried to tell you. him that your team is still good. And he didn't want to hear me. Listen. Listen, the difference between me and you when it comes to fandom other than my team is winning and your team is losing is the fact that I don't come in talking that shit before games. I come in saying this could be a tough one. Hope we can get it done, but I ain't saying we're the shit. I ain't saying we're making no crazy run that we're not going to because I'm rooted in reality. There's some realism to me as a basketball fan that is not there with all Spartan fans, Cart. Then you're not as rooted in reality as you think. I'll tell you that right now. Let well, me tell you. Well, for the time being, I am. So let me, let me soak it in. All right, go ahead. Go ahead and do you, bro. It, this, no, honestly, like, you should feel really good. And you should kind of, you know, talk your shit right now. Because, like, you guys made the Sweet 16. You did what you do. There was a lot of people out there. I was not one of them who thought you would lose to LSU. That's the thing. That's why that that's what has me fired up. And I, I did buy into it. You're right. I, I was very nervous. I told a couple of people, I don't even know if I told you this, I was more nervous for the Michigan LSU game than any NCAA tournament game in since their first run, since the Trey Burke run. And the reason why is because the stakes were higher to me for the perception of Michigan basketball with this very game than any game they've had under beeline ever in the tournament, because Beeline always overachieved. 
But you had a scapegoat, though. Like, if you lose, it's because you don't have livers. Yeah, but I didn't want to go down the path of, can Jawan really coach? Is Jawan, oh, he gets a one seed, he's going to be a regular season guy, but he can't take care of an eight seed. He can't get him on a little run. Like, and now we don't have to. And that's the beautiful thing. Yeah, luckily, luckily, the players were able to make up for Juwan's mistakes yesterday. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, he did make mistakes, and I'm ready to talk about them because I I told you guys before the the tournament started this year that I am worried. I was worried for how this performance would go. I was worried for what it means for my own fandom perception of Juwan Howard. And I love Juwan. I like. There's no coach in the country I would take over him right now. I mean that factually. Like with the recruits he's bringing in. I think he's here for five, six more years. I think he pulls a top five class every year and we go on a Kentucky like run. I don't know if that results in titles or final fours or what, but it's going to result in being the most talented team on the floor. Most games that has me excited. That said, the guy has some questionable decisions with rotations that have plagued him all season. And with Isaiah livers, it didn't show up as much because there was a lot of good players on that team, quite frankly. Like, Sean D was going to come in and get his minutes. Uh, Brandon Johns would get spotty minutes. But, like, now that you take one guy out of that, all of a sudden you've got Austin Davis, Terrence Williams on the floor together, down six with ten minutes left in an NCAA tournament game. And, I mean, that ain't going to cut it for me. At some point when they lose a game, that is not going to cut it for me. Yeah, true. I mean, those are questionable decisions, but at the end of the day, like – here you are, sweet 16 bound. Yeah, so let's, I mean, let's let's spin the positive on this. This was not a fluke win. This no. was also not a game where LSU played poorly. LSU shot the lights out. I was about to say, if anything, I think y'all took LSU's best shot. I, I agree. And that's what that that's why I'm coming into this with more of a swagger, more of a confidence than maybe even you expected, because I, I you and I both had Michigan in this sweet 16. We had them this far. Um, but to take a, a best shot from a team like LSU that is that talented changes my perception of what Michigan post livers can do. Right. So I think we talked about it on the last episode. The thing that I, the reason why I picked Michigan over LSU is because I thought that LSU would play what their floor is as a team. But yeah. to be honest, they played as they played as their ceiling, probably the best they played. I would say if they had to set, if they had to pick one of the best games they played, I mean, they played their best game. They gave their best shot. Michigan is just a better team. So that's like, you know, just another win for Michigan. They didn't even beat up on a team that didn't really play up to their level. They just don't have the level that Michigan has. And Brandon Johns, that's the best he's looked post-livers by far. I mean, he didn't do anything mind-blowing, but he he was willing to shoot it. He was a solid defender. He got some boards and he finished a couple. Like he's not Isaiah Livers. He's not going to be Isaiah Livers, but if he can get you like seven and five in 20 minutes, I think you take that. Uh, Eli Brooks was phenomenal. I think a career high or at least a season high for him. Sean D Brown season high for him. Um, Franz was very quiet for the majority of the game, but in crunch time, I mean, he won them that game. He had about seven straight points. He had a the Xavier Simpson hook shot a step back three, a put back, and he stuffed Cam, whatever is Cam Thomas, stuffed him in a locker. Yeah, uh, yeah, I definitely had in my tweet drafts that Trendon Wofford, I didn't know that he was in the market for a German stepson um, in the first half, but I definitely had to keep that in the drafts. I wasn't able to bring that back out. 
Well, that's and people like people want to talk about how Franz is overrated. And I'll even say this: God bless her. Like God bless my Michigan basketball fan mother. We text every single game, but she she plays favorites, and Franz is not one of her fra- favorites. I don't know if she'll listen to this or not, but she'll text me and just be like, "Is Franz ever going to score like a superstar should?" And it's like, Franz is your best player. That that isn't what Franz is here to do. Franz is going to get his points because he is that good. But what Franz is is the best defender I think individually in the country right now. And that people might chirp me for that, but. Name me another guy that can take uh, an NBA four like Trenton Watford just totally out of a game and then switch to a two guard that scores 24 a game and take him totally out of a game. Like whoever you put him on is not doing anything. Uh, can I get Aaron Henry for 500, please? I, I don't think Henry's doing what Franz did. Uh, he's doing what Franz did, and he did it to Franz, by the way. Let's he not forget. With the Hawkeyes. Because he didn't get a chance to be on Hawkeyes. When we finally put him on Hawkeyes, we stopped him. But, you know. All right, all right, all right. So I, the, the one player concern for Michigan, Mike Smith, uh, struggled struggled with LSU size, I think, in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to see if that's a thing that we're going to see going forward. Florida State is huge. I mean, they don't play a, a player under 6'5". So if that becomes a two-game-in-a-row thing, I think Michigan gets a little concerned. But – I think that was more mental than anything. I think he he just wasn't really up for the challenge of facing the pressure. So I'll say this. When I was picking, um, you know, this tournament, this bracket, and to be honest with y'all, I haven't picked too well. It is what it is. It happens. You know, it's what it is. You know, it is what it is. You got a problem with it. I'll drop my location. You can come see me. But I would be more scared of LSU than I am of Florida State, to be honest. Like, I think – Florida State definitely has a note, a, a a knack for getting to the Sweet 16 and, you know, laying eggs, you know, and it's a conversation that may need to be had one day, but it's not going to be had. But this Florida State team does not really impress me. Uh, I picked them to lose the first game. Um, and, you know, UNC Greensboro almost pulled it off. They did handle Colorado pretty handily, which was impressive, but I'm, you know, I'm still not buying stock in this Florida State team, and I think that Michigan should win the game. I do agree with you, and maybe my feelings will change, but uh, I I am not nearly as scared for Florida State as I was LSU. Florida State is a better team. I know that, but the matchup for Michigan, to me, is as good of one as you can ask for at this time of year, other than just like a massive upset and you're playing a bad team. But, um, I mean, Florida State doesn't take a lot of threes, and Michigan is the best two-point defense. At least at one point, they were the best two-point defense in the country. Um, they don't really turn teams over, and they turn the ball over more than they turn teams over. Like, I, I have a hard time seeing a team that wants to just out-muscle you and score twos beat Michigan and run away from a game. Like, if, if the worst-case scenario to me is like a rock fight type game, which Michigan can absolutely win those. So, True. So, so we'll see. Um but all in all, I'm giddy. My team, oh, we got games this weekend, and uh, we'll see what happens. My my wish list could maybe – could all three come true, Cart? My wish list was Illinois losing, Gonzaga losing at some point, and seeing Michigan get to play the best of the best. And all three are think, still available. I don't think you're getting that Gonzaga one, but go on. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, let's do uh, – before we go into previewing the Sweet 16 games, let's do three winners and three losers each from the first two rounds. 
Do you want to like switch, go back and forth? Yeah, let's alternate. I like that format. Do you want to start with winners or losers? Uh, Let's start with losers. Losers. Okay. Probably the biggest loser of the tournament to me. Shaka Smart. Shaka Smart with hair. Shaka Smart bald. Shaka Smart in any sense. You have the main strength of your team is that you have basically three guards who are old, who have been there, who should know how to handle anything and do anything that you have seen. You know you are playing a team in Abilene Christian whose only chance is to turn you over. And you have 24 turnovers in a game and 40 shot attempts. Everyone listen to me again. This team had 24 turnovers and 40 shot attempts in a game. They got beat by a team that shot 30% from the field and 19% from three. You should be ashamed of yourself. That is a fireball offense. I'm sorry. I am a Shaka Smart fan, but I would not be surprised if someone pulled a string and the boosters called up Texas and got him out the paint because that is embarrassing to lose that game. Respect to Abilene Christian, but let's be honest with ourselves. That team is not good. They aren't, okay? They might have did what they did during the year, but they're not a good team, okay? You need to win that game if you're Texas. That's a goddamn shame. And uh, they also hit the shot, right? Like they had the moment. Andrew Jones hits the huge shot. You think it's gonna, they're gonna sneak away with the victory, and then they just blow it. They let it slip away. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Shaka was number one on my list, by the way. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna replace him on the fly here. Uh, my biggest loser, Illinois fans. You losers. You, you, you thought. You were something and that you're not. Of an L on their forehead. Hang as many banners as you want. It will never change the fact that you stink in March. You just do. It is what it is. March is not the month of champagne. No, we covered it already, so I won't say more than that. But man, I was smiling. You probably saw my Twitter feed. I was that was the happiest oh. I've been when a team has lost a game in years. Oh, yeah. It, I was definitely happy, especially because, you know, our boy, friend of the pod, Drew Valentine, moving on. Hell, yeah. We love that team. Don't be surprised. Not a, hashtag not a Cinderella. No, nope. been told you. Not at all. All right, your second loser. On to my second loser. I'm going to stay in the Big 12 here. Uh, I'm going to go with the West Virginia Mountaineers. Ooh, I was wondering if we would go to them. I'm going to go to this, and this is why I'm going to go to this. <sighs> Okay, we all know it. The Syracuse zone is something special. It is. Like, it rattles you. It does things. It gets you doing things that you're not used to. I know all that. But you have a team that is made to beat the zone. All you have to do is get it in the middle or drive in the lanes. You have the guard play. You have the shooters to do it. And honestly, I thought they were going to pull it off. Big Neal started getting on the heat check that we talked about. They started making a little bit of a run. But here's what you don't do. And my my uh, college assistant coach always told me this. Never go under screens on white players. And that's what they did. And Buddy Bolt and Buddy Bolt, a guy named Buddy torched your ass, torched him. Like, I understand if he torches you because you're getting good hands, but you're going under screens. You're not staying attached to the best player on the floor. Yeah. And you get torched because of it. Like, you you got to win this game. The gods are on your side. Jim Boheim killed a guy. Like, they're on your side. Just win the game. 
do you, what do you think Syracuse's coach's name is? Did I just say Jim Jim Bohan? What did I say? <laughs> did I Jim, mess it up? It's Jim Bayheim. Bayheim, whatever, bro. Like either way, whatever. Tomato, tomato. Fuck them. I'm sorry. I I love when you mispronunciate things or mispronunciate as I mispronunciate. I was about to say, shame on you. Uh, but no, but no seriousness though. Like that that those are things that kind of just make me upset watching the game. Like you get upset that Buddy is hitting shots, but you're going under screens or you're not communicating on screens. Like they're setting ball screens and the big man's playing drop coverage. Like you cannot play drop coverage against a team that is shooting that well and a player that is shooting that well, you're asking to lose the game and they lost the game. Right. Yeah. I, I was watching that. And I think I texted you at one point, does Bob Huggins do anything like he doesn't talk. He doesn't move. He doesn't like wave his hands. He does nothing. He literally just stands. And anytime the camera's on him, he just is like deadpan mouth closed being a large human being standing there. Like right. part, part of coaching is being able to make in-game adjustments on the fly and having your team prepared. If you lose a game, but you're prepared, like that happens. You miss shots, that happens. But a game where you're having mental breakdowns and defensive breakdowns constantly, possession after possession, you're asking to lose the game and you lost the game. So uh, they make my, you know, kind of, they, they make my losers for this uh, list as well. Also, while I do respect the Syracuse zone, is it that hard to just like put someone who can face up and make a decision in the middle? Like, like it just, it like, I don't want to be the person who sits here and acts like I should be like a division one coach. And I know all the right answers. Cause I definitely don't like, I don't, I'll tell you that right now, but I'm not putting Derek Culver, my worst decision maker in the middle of a zone. Like yeah. that just doesn't make sense to me. Can't throw a center that can't shoot in this in the middle. Like it just I don't know. Makes no sense. And you know I will play the role of the guy who acts like he should be a division one coach. You know I love to play that role. <laughs> I did think we were gonna have Sean McNeil, heat check player of the year, uh just carry West Virginia to the Sweet 16. There was a stretch there where he was going back and forth with Buddy that was really fun to watch. One, but two, I mean, we've said it all year. When Sean gets going, he gets going. So mm-hmm. Uh, I would have liked to see more shot attempts from him down the stretch, but yeah, West Virginia, so many shooters. The fact that they couldn't get open looks, especially in the first half against that zone was ugly stuff. Yeah. Last thing I'm going to say too, one of the main things that you don't want to do against a zone too is overthink it. I think that they were a team that shoots very well and they were getting, they had open looks in the first half. Like I thought they should have been taking shots, but they're just kind of overthinking things because the other teams in the zone, like, yeah. If you, if you pass it in the middle and someone passes it out and you have one step of space and a guy is like two steps away from a closeout as a shooter, that's what you want. Like the guy's not on you. Let it fly. Yeah. When you got to make a comeback, hit singles. Don't hit home runs when no one's on base. Yeah. Can't just do it. Just do it. Let the game come to you. All right. My second loser, I'm sticking in the Big Ten, Fran McCaffrey. Fran, Fran, Fran. I've defended you. So much, so many times, more than any non-Iowa alum should ever do. You wrote a book about how to play defense. It's available on Amazon.com. I'm not kidding. Fran, you've got some explaining to do, man. This is the best team you're ever going to have. A matchup that to me was made for you. People are acting like Oregon's a horrible matchup for Iowa. 
And Oregon's defense is worse than Iowa's. Like, you want to play teams you can just outscore. This was 100% a team you can just score 120 on if you want to. And I, I give Oregon a little credit. They played the whole we're not going to double Luka defense, which Michigan did. I, I, I've said I think that's the way to beat Iowa is let Luka go for 60 and just contain the other guys. Uh, but, man, I, it, like you said, Iowa just quit on that game. It looked like they were not competitors. Luca was crying after the game. He did play his heart out, but I'm looking at Joe Wieskamp, CJ Frederick, Jordan Bohannon. Like, oh, where Jordan were Bohannon? You? Good lord, show up, my guy. You're too where old. Where were you? So yeah, I'm I'm bummed. I don't think we're ever going to see Iowa uh, in this spot again. I know they bring like Keegan Murray back, and apparently Keegan Murray has a twin brother that I didn't know about who doesn't play, who's been on this Iowa team. So. That alone gets me excited because I love a pair of brothers in college basketball. Yeah, it's true. But like you have Luca Garza, one of the best college basketball players of all time. And like you, this was it. Like this is the last year you have him. And it was also playing dudes I've literally never seen play for Iowa down the stretch of that game. Like, yeah. Like, like where did Tony Perkins, Perkins, where did Perkins come from? Who is that? I, I was just rattled. Tran, I will never defend you again, my guy. I'm sorry. It was a fun year, fun year to be an Iowa fan. I'm uh, I'm turning in my ticket. Are you changing your? Did you change your Twitter bio from future? Well, no, because the whole premise of me saying that I'm going to be the future Iowa head coach was that Fran can't take them to the heights that they're destined to be. Like (laughs) that that program, I stand by this, is a sleeping giant. They should get every kid that ever comes out of the state of Iowa. They should be a Midwest powerhouse. They got the gym. They got the fans when COVID's not a thing. Like, the crowds go crazy. They got the big game yellow jerseys. Like, no one in the state of Iowa should do anything other than become, like, the new Indiana where dudes are just in cornfields shooting baskets. Like, that's what Iowa should be. And God bless Fran. He builds some good regular season teams. But that fan base deserves a Final Four run. And one day I will be the man to take them there. Wow. Can't wait. I'll win the press conference. I'll tell you that. Okay. Who's yeah, your that, hey, that's half the battle. Shit. Who's your third loser? My third loser. I am going to the team in baby blue sponsored by Michael Jordan. <laughs> that's mine the, too. Bro, I'm not even coming I, up with a third now. That was my third one too. Dude, like you let guys who will be eligible to register for AARP next year and Brad Davison you let Brad Davison, who stat-wise is one of the top five worst two-point shooters in college basketball this year. Like, that's not a made-up stat. It's facts. Cat stats. You let Brad Davison give you 30 points. 30. He was strumming air guitars against your team. <laughs> Brad Davison was doing that to your program. That's worthy, honestly, of a year – ban from the tournament in my eyes that's a damn shame you let wisconsin dog walk you on the offensive end wisconsin the badgers the accountants the accountants and you you had every chance to supply the sleepers media agenda and you blew it so you are not welcome on the pod as of now until you repent for your sins that's unacceptable it was a really bad week for uh sleepers agendas Honestly, a lot of our running tropes didn't exactly work out as we had planned. But. And that's why, and that's always why we add hashtag fade G and hashtag fade cat to what we say, because yeah. either way, you just got to pick one side. You could be winning with us or you could be fading us and winning. That's your choice. We can't do everything for you. 
Uh, yeah, you got to survive in advance. And also, I think it gets worse for North Carolina. Walker Kessler transferring. The rumor is that he's headed to Gonzaga. Which I, uh, which I, which I don't get. I don't get either, but look, Walker Kessler had a decision the first time to either go to Michigan, Georgia, or North Carolina, and he chose the program that would play him seven minutes a game. So I don't think we can really trust his decision-making abilities these days. But if, if Gonzaga gets Chet and Drew Timmy comes back, is he not just doing the same thing he was doing? Are you, are you ready? Are you, are you holding on to your, your pants here, Cart? Stop, if, Walker, if Walker Kessler commits to North Carolina – or to Gonzaga, and Drew Timmy comes back, Chet ain't going to Gonzaga. He ain't going to Ann Arbor. He ain't going to Ann Arbor. going to Gonzaga. He ain't going to Ann Arbor. Well, I, I was told. I was told that they were the second in command for Chet. Time's not up. He hadn't committed anywhere yet. Yeah. Also, know. future cast for Jalen Duran, by the way, for Michigan. Yeah, future cats have never gone wrong for Michigan things, before. Things are good in Ann Arbor right now, Cart. All right, my, my third loser was North Carolina, too, so let's move on. Let's do winners. Uh, I'll go first this time, and okay. I think winners will be quicker than losers. Winner, for me, our guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout him out. Sean from Macon. That was my – hell yeah. Let's go. I mean, we got to put some respect on this dude's name. He deserves it. First of all, like in a genuinely just honest speaking voice, if you don't follow – our guy, Sean on Twitter, he is Sean Paul. It's I think at Sean MTM and then some numbers like Oh two Oh two. Maybe mm. he, he writes, he's a blogger. He's a reporter. I don't even know what you call him. Just a smart basketball guy who knows every player, every team, anything you need to know in the country, like at all levels, D one, D two, D three, the kid's a genius. Um, he's an up and coming star in the industry. Like he's been breaking news from players that are either transferring or committing places. He, he grinds. The kid watches more basketball than anyone I've ever seen. Um, and before the bracket came out, before it came out, when Oral Roberts was playing in their conference tournament, he tweeted, if Oral Roberts gets Ohio State, I am 100% picking them to win that game. Before Selection Sunday even happened. He spoke that shit into existence. He stood by it. He doubled down on it. And not only did he pick Oral Roberts to beat Ohio State cart, he picked them to beat the second round matchup and to make the Sweet 16, which they did. The man with an all-time Hall of Fame prediction. Uh, and like I said, follow my guy. Show him some love because he deserves it after that. Definitely. And never forget that. The first platform that Sean was on was with Sleepers Media. We were kicking it in the locker room app. Shout out the locker room app. And, you know, we were talking who's, but he was my winner too. I mean, you got to show him love. Same thing G said, but like he actually doesn't miss one basketball game out of every conference, any level. He's always watching hoops. He knows his shit. Give my boy a follow. If you like college hoops and you're not following Sean, then you're not really doing the right thing. So. I got to show him love, even though he hates on me all the time for some of the things. Sometimes we go at it because he has been wrong before. But this and he one, hates Michigan. Right. Beware, Michigan fans. He will troll yeah. the shit out of you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely beware. But Sean is definitely the winner first of the first weekend for sure. All right. My, my second winner, uh, Loyola, just in general, the culture, the Ramblers. I mean, better by the bay. Uh, Sister Jean makes her appearance. Sister Jean can't even clap right now, folks. She's, uh, she's, but good for her. I mean, good for everybody in this program. Braden Norris, 
is out here going toe-to-toe with Io DeSumo, hitting big shots, breakout performance in game one against Georgia Tech. Lucas Williamson has been downright phenomenal on both sides of the ball. Crutwig's getting all the attention, all the buzz, as he should. The kid is just a freak with his vision. But they got dudes, man, up and down that roster. And I think I told you my, my biggest takeaway, literally from the first week, was how good of a coach Porter Moser is in that entire staff. And I know Drew's our boy, but you watch that Texas game. You watch that West Virginia game. You watch any of these games where blue blood schools are struggling against smaller teams. And then you watch how Loyola comes in as prepared as a team could possibly be to know the personnel, to know to blitz Io DeSumo every screen he sees to dig down with five guys surrounding Kofi anytime he caught the ball, to make other dudes beat you, and to still run them off the three-point line. I mean, that was as well-prepared of a team and as well-executed of a game plan as I have ever seen. They led start to finish. They looked like the one seed, and now they get a one-seeds draw, and I think they're destined for another Final Four run. I do too, and they were my second winner as well. And we talked about it uh, on the last episode with Drew. People throw around the culture word a lot. People throw around changing culture, changing bad cultures, culture this, culture that. That truly was a display of what the Loyola culture is. And they have a culture and they have a system in place. And they have every guy from top to bottom, staff included, players included, everyone buying into what needs to be done. And the way they came prepared into that Illinois game, the way they come prepared to all games is extremely impressive and it's something that should not be undervalued or overlooked. And I think that let's say we take that, we take Porter and that staff and they put a game plan in for an Abilene Christian or a Syracuse. I don't think that West Virginia and Texas have the same outcomes in those games. And I really truly believe that. So, uh, you know, kudos to them. People think we're going to cape for Loyola because Drew is our boy, which we are going to do, but the, I mean, the facts are the facts, and they were prepared to play, and the culture is real. Uh, DePaul, you wish you could, but you can't. You're not Chicago's team. You can't be. You ain't got enough. You ain't that. No, and everybody's uh, everybody's freaking out saying Michigan State's got to get Drew as quickly as they can. And I'll, I'll just say this. Y'all better move fast if you're making a run at Drew Valentine because that man will either – He's, he's going to do big things. Wherever he's doing them, he's going to do big things. And I'd rather, I'd rather him be doing those big things for my team instead <laughs> of doing it for somebody else. Max, uh, all right, my third winner. Let's see if we can go three for three on the same here. All right, let's hear it. My, my third winner is Oral. The Oral Roberts, the, the Cinderella's of the tournament. Uh, Acemas, which I still don't get how you pronounce that Acemas, but that's for another day. O'Banner. I, I, I think my favorite player in the tournament that I've learned about is Kevin O'Banner. Facts. That dude, I mean, I love a pick and pop big in general, but like he's just a sniper. He's tough. He'll give it to you off the dribble a little bit. He's got swagger. This is one of my favorite Cinderella teams that I can remember in past years. Like there's been teams that have made Sweet 16 runs that I'm just kind of like, yeah, they're okay. Like I don't really enjoy watching them. This Oral Roberts team is fun, man. I mean, they, oh, they're no. connected um literally just shooters everywhere and i'm curious to see what happens i know i mean they're they're gonna come up against an arkansas team that's super talented we'll talk about the matchup soon but i don't think oral roberts is done yet yeah i wouldn't be i mean i'm not counting them out for sure they got they got they got they got the player they got the senior guard who's leading the country i'm sorry he's not a senior guard they got the guard who's leading the country in scoring 
Uh, I mean, they, he has his Robin to if he's the Batman. So they, you know, they got what it takes. And you want to know how we found out about those guys? Sean told us. Sean watched Oral Roberts all year for because he watches every team all year. And he told us that this team's got it. And, you know, some might have laughed, but you shouldn't laugh now, cry later. Shout out, Jersey. But uh, my winner, and not to be a guy to toot his own horn, um, is me for the first round because I had everything not go my way. Okay. I had COVID on my birthday. My team lost on the very first day. Nothing went my way. You know, and the March is the month of cartel and they tried to strike me down. I'm still here. I'm healthy now. I'm good. I got a smile on my face and I'm doing all right. And I made it and I'm here to speak about it. So I'm the third winner. You just listed off a bunch of reasons you should be the third loser and then said you're the winner. (laughs) Yeah. Winners win, man. Winner mindset. Okay. All right. I I support you, Cart. I mean, I'm happy for you. Thank you. Appreciate All right, that. let's uh, let's move into previews for the Sweet 16 round. But first, a word from our sponsor, the Locker Room app. Carter, first of all, I gotta shout them out. I gotta show the tea. The Locker Room tea is fire, and they actually got a campaign going on right now that you all should check out. They got this uh, line of gear out right now, and all 100% of the profits are going to a women's foundation, which is a really dope cause. So go check that out. But as I always say, Locker Room damn near is the official app of Sleepers, man. We're in there all the time. We're talking basketball. We're talking Bachelor Room. We're talking Matt James being a cornball. We're talking everything. We're talking Drake. We're talking anything you can think of on the app. It's free to download. You know, right now it's becoming a big thing. Everyone's starting to get into it. We tried to tell y'all to get ahead of the curve, but, you know, no one ever wants to listen to Sleepers Media. But eventually you'll learn. You'll tap in. You'll listen to us. It's a must-have app. It's free. And it's only getting better by the day. So make sure you download that. And you can also catch the sleepers on there every single week. Talk to college hoops. So download the locker room app. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. Don't be that person. Get it. Don't do it. You heard the man. Once a week, we'll be there. College hoop season is wrapping soon. We will have to find new things to talk about. But luckily, there is no shortage of things to talk about or people to talk about those things with. On the locker room app, get it in the app store. And join the conversation back to the sleepers podcast all right let's do sweet 16 preview let's go matchup by matchup uh hit on anything important and then give our predictions for it so we'll start in the top left in the west the best team in the country against creighton gonzaga i'm pretty bummed man like i i made a whole stink about how Virginia, Iowa was going to be a really hard back-to-back prep for Gonzaga. And everybody acted like, no, they got a cakewalk through their region. And they do have a cakewalk through their region. Like there, there's just no chance any of these teams stick with Gonzaga. No, there's none. And that's not even a reverse jinx attempt. Like that's, I'm just bummed. I wanted to see Gonzaga play some really tough teams throughout this tournament. And we might see them play two games against like top 10 teams. Right, like, just, like, looking at the matchup in general, like, Creighton, they don't match up well with Gonzaga. They don't have enough people. They don't have enough personnel to match up with Gonzaga. Uh, it's just bad matchup, playing the best team in the country at this point. It's it's just not it's not going to be good for Creighton. And also, no, God I, don't like – and also, God don't like ugly McDermott, and the maddest gods are coming for you for your comments. True. You want to know my greatest fear with Gonzaga right now is that they're going to win a national championship, and their path to that championship is going to be 
Norfolk State, Oklahoma, Creighton, Oregon, UCLA, Syracuse. Like, and they're going to talk like they're the greatest team in college hoops history. And they might actually be. Like, this Gonzaga team could maybe be the greatest team in college hoops history. But how the hell are we going to know that if we don't see you play somebody? Right. And, yeah, your non-conference schedule was dope. Great. It was. They better play some teams in March. Like, we better see Baylor or we better see Michigan. But, like, we're not going to see it till the Final Four now. So, great. Yeah, also, I also there are some people out there who are caping for the West Coast Conference, and I was told that BYU should be taken as a legit threat. That was proven to be wrong. Just stop it. Just accept that Gonzaga is great, and that's the only redeeming thing about their conference, and it is what it is. Uh, now, Gonzaga did have a little bit of a dicey first half against Oklahoma. I do think Gonzaga is susceptible to teams that can just score with them for the majority of the game. BYU being one of those teams that did that in the conference tournament. But, I mean, Creighton on paper could be that team. Creighton had some high-scoring games against Villanova, but I don't know. I, I think Gonzaga's just too loaded everywhere. And like you said, bad karma for Creighton. Yeah. So, Gonzaga for me. Gonzaga for me. All right, USC Oregon in uh, maybe the game I'm least excited for. We should get Bill Walton on the call for this one. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take – To be honest, I don't care <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like it does, it does. I that's where I'm at. I don't. I'm not interested in this game. Yeah, I'm not. Like Evan Mobley is very fun to watch. Uh, Oregon's okay to watch. Like I like Duarte. Like I think he's fun to watch. But like I don't know. Whichever team wins is losing to Gonzaga in my eyes. So. I think I'd rather see USC. So I'm going to go ahead and go USC. Yeah, I don't know. I weirdly – I think I'll be okay watching either one play Gonzaga because, like, Evan Mobley versus Zaga is fun. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, like, that's just the matchup with the most NBA players on the floor. That is fun, but I I also really like Oregon's players. Like, Omarui is super fun. Uh, Duarte is really good. Will Richardson's really good. So I don't know. I do respect Oregon. I, I respect Oregon a lot more than USC. I think they're a better team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know USC is playing great right now and I might need to alter my perception of them a little bit, but that's, I don't want to cut you off. I think that's where I need to kind of make the connection with USC. Cause what I was saying before was like, yeah, they got Evan Mobley, but then he's got a bunch of random transfers from like random schools, lower level schools who weren't even that great at their last school. They're kind of just transferring in and got like kind of a hodgepodge of players. And for all the times I shit on Andy Enfield for wasting NBA talent, you know, he's getting it done right now and making it work with this group. So kudos to them, I guess. Kudos to the Pac-12. But I, I, I'll – uh. Stay strong. Shout out my friends, Alex and Quinn, biggest USC fans I know. Fight on, baby. I'm going SC. I give SC credit. I'm going to go Oregon um, just because I I still don't buy that USC is that good. And I think Oregon is better, uh, at least when healthy, and they're healthy right now. So that's my pick. Let's bring the coin back. Look at this, baby. Uh, heads is cart, tails is G. I literally could have no type of feeling to which way this coin is going to go. Like, it's not going to make me happy or sad either way. Well, it's heads. You got it. 
the cool. streak continues. <laughs> nope. Uh, should we do, I mean, should we just do Gonzaga USC just to get us a final four before our next pod? I feel like we yeah. should do that. I mean, Gonzaga would beat USC by 35. Yeah, easily. Whatever spread that is, uh, we're taking that. Uh, they are a double digit favorite against Creighton as well. I, are we, I would probably lean Gonzaga by more than 11, I think is what it opened at. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really love that, but I also wouldn't bet Creighton plus 11 and feel confident about it. No. Yeah, I think – I don't know. Gonzaga's historically great. I get that. I just I, – I pray they get a real team. I mean, at least let it be Michigan or Alabama in the Final Four. Otherwise, I'm just going to be really upset that everyone's That's, acting like they're that good. We need that. We deserve that. All right, let's move to my region, the Wolverines against Florida State. Uh, I think we're both – probably on the same side of this. I think Michigan comes through pretty comfortably. Yeah, I think so. I think they are, they're able to handle the size of Florida state. I think Florida state is susceptible to pressure. And I think that Michigan can put that pressure on the wings, especially with Franz. Um, so, you know, I'm not buying into the Mike Smith can't handle size thing. Maybe he can't, but I think they can overcome that. And they're a good enough team. I think they're a better team than Florida state. Um, and don't be that fan that, has been just wishing and praying on Michigan's downfall and switching teams every game. So all you LSU fans don't just move on to Florida state and then move on to the next team going against Michigan. There's a lot of people doing that. Yeah. Just act like, you know, basketball and, you know, actually make a pick and stop using hate. So if you have a real good reason for Florida state, I'd love to hear it, but I think that Michigan wins that game. There's a lot of people doing that. I, uh, I hope I'm not jinxing the boys, but I do think Michigan wins this comfortably. I think they can force Florida State into a lot of tough shots, tough twos. I think they'll limit their three-point attempts, and you're just not going to beat Michigan without making a ton of threes. You're just not. And never forget that Leonard Hamilton that didn't foul when they were down four. Not so too that, long. That is something I want to talk about. I looked at this region um, after Texas lost, actually. I was just listing off coaches in this region that were remaining in the tournament going into the round of 32 and there's nobody has ever made a final four as a coach in this region. There's one guy who's ever made an elite eight in this region. And it's Leonard Hamilton who lost to the Wolverines in that game in a pretty horrible display of coaching. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm just not afraid. I think I said after the draw, like I like this draw for Michigan. I would love it if Isaiah livers was there, but like, Kind of like you said, LSU became a scary game, but I don't know. I think they're one – like, if they win comfortably against Florida State, I feel really good about where they're at, obviously, because they get into the Elite Eight. But, like, it, there's not like there's a Jay Wright or a Tony Bennett or, like, a coach that has proven they can be feared to win six games in March. Like, is Leonard Hamilton really that guy with this Florida State team? I don't know. Nate Oates is probably the guy that scares you the most, but, like, he still hasn't done it before, you know. True. But there's always there's always a first one. There's always there's a first time for everything. But. There's always a first. I do. I want to rattle off some quick Michigan predictions because I said in the LSU game that I, I don't know if this was to you in a group chat or a different one, but I could feel a Franz monster poster dunk coming. Yeah. And then the the game winning play was basically the Hunter Dickinson outlet to Franz for the dunk. I have two predictions that are going to happen before Michigan's tournament run is done. One, Hunter Dickinson's going to go for like 26 and 15. There is going to be a game that he does that. I think it could be this game because I don't think Florida State's going to double him. Right. I think they're they, gonna, they got a seven footer themselves. 
They do. Koprovica or Koprovica. I don't know how you say it, but he look Hunter Hunter can fill it up. If you aren't going to send a hard double and he's been seeing hard doubles for a month Ooh, and a half. Pause, pause, pause. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Breathe. <laughs> well, come on. You can be a little more mature than that cart. Um, I, I can't be actually. <laughs> I think we're getting a huge Hunter Dickinson game. If you want me to continue down the path, a big game from big Dick in the sweet 16. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> Uh, I think the, the second prediction I have for this Michigan run before it ends is that Mike Smith is going to have a clutch moment. And people have asked, Michigan fans have been concerned what happens in a late-game situation. I think we saw what happens in a late-game situation in the loss to Ohio State in the conference tournament. The ball is going to be in Mike Smith's hands. And Mike Smith has a lot to prove right now because he didn't play well last game. He took the bad shot against Ohio State. And I'm riding with my guy, Mike. I believe that he is a really high-level scorer in ways that haven't been seen by Michigan this year. And I think there's a big moment coming for a guy that's going to redeem himself. Big so, moment for the little man. Big moment for the little man. Maybe uh, maybe HD gets his big game in the Sweet 16, and then Mike has a big moment in the Elite Eight. Let's just see. I might have to call my shot with that one. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on to the other side of that, UCLA against Bama. I got Bama. I think UCLA's run comes to an end in this one. I would do pretty dirty things for UCLA to win this game. I really would. I think I, I don't see a world where UCLA beats Michigan if Michigan gets through that game. Um, Bama is scary. Bama's the better team. I, I still – like when I just think about Bama's chances of making a full-on run, I don't see it. I don't think they can be consistent enough for like a six-game run. But – They've been good through two, so I don't know. I mean, like, if for an individual game, yes, Bama scares me, and they're really good, and they're better than UCLA, but, like, I just think they're due for a stinker. Yeah, but that's the thing, though, like, and they've had, like, stinker has, but they're never truly out of the game because of the way they play and shoot the ball. That's the thing. It's true. Like, they've yet to have, at least from the games I've watched recently, they've yet to have two stinkers, like, back-to-back, you know? That's true. But, uh, and... You know, I don't think that UCLA is the team that could really outman them, honestly. Um, and I also still don't believe in Mick Cronin. So I'm going Bama. I'll go Bama too. Um, I will say I don't think there's a team in the tournament that has had as easy of a draw as Alabama, Iona, Maryland, now UCLA to get to an Elite Eight. I mean, are any of those teams even ranked? Like, hey, no. don't sleep on Maryland. The boys is good. No, they're not. I look. I don't know. I I think Bam. People are gonna be real high on Bama if they have a blowout win against UCLA. Maybe that's setting up right where I want them. Yeah. Well, also be on the lookout if Nate Oates wears a plaid suit or not. That is key to their success. Which which is the good side of success. He and he needs to be wearing the plaid suit. Oh, so if he does, that's a good thing for them. Yeah, if he's wearing a plain color suit, then we, we should start wearing. Okay. Good to know. All right, so Michigan-Bama Elite Eight game then. What happens? It's interesting because it's a, it's a kind of a contrast. Well, it's for sure a contrast of styles. But I think you pointed out this year, and it still might remain true, that Michigan is very good at defending the three-point line. 
And Bama is a team that shoots threes. Like they don't like mid range. They want threes or at the rim. So I would feel so much more confident if you guys had livers. Like I think it'd be like I'm easily picking Michigan. Um, I'm torn, but I think I'm going to roll with Michigan because I also want to see Michigan versus Gonzaga, to be honest. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously picking Michigan. Um, I don't know. It's hard for me to break down that matchup, and I'll probably look into it more before that game is actually played. But I think of Bama's scorers, you can pick who you need to put Franz on. You could put him on Herb Jones. You could put him on Shackelford even. And I think he would take either one of them out of the game. Um, I think they've got other guys to guard those guys. Like Sean D can come in and take Herb Jones. Uh, I think Brandon Johns could honestly probably stick with John Petty and just run him off the line for the most part. So I, I'm not super terrified of the matchups individually in that game. Um, I like Quinterly. I mean, could he kill Mike Smith? Maybe, but like, yes, yes he could. On like step back shots though, because you no, know, like cooking his ass and getting it, you know, giving him a little bink, 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 bink to the rim. Hunter's going to beat that shit. No, jelly. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm taking Michigan and uh, yeah, throw on, throw in the Mike Smith big moment into that one too. All right. I mean, I'm going to Michigan too. But... And then hopefully on our next podcast, we can actually preview Gonzaga, Michigan. But uh, if we, uh, if we don't get a chance to do that for some godforsaken reason, let it be known that if that game were to happen, I think Isaiah livers might come back. I'm going to speak that into existence. Right. He's not, it's not, it's not a sprained ankle. It's not, he, it's got a pretty, it's a, it's a fracture. Hey, WebMD tells me two to six weeks. WebMD also tells me that when I have a light cough that I should see a physician before I die. So, you know, they can be wrong. I'm glad you saw a physician last week. Otherwise, big COVID would be just running around the state of Florida still celebrating Michigan State win. Big vid. <laughs> All right, let's move to the other side. Baylor, Villanova. Um Baylor is my pick to win it all still. Yeah, I'm on with Baylor too. Surprised to see Nova in the Sweet 16. They played really good ball. Yeah, I'll, I do got to, you know, also apologize to Jay Wright and Nova. I thought they were going to fall apart without Gillespie, and they somehow kept it together. So, good good for them. Yeah, honestly impressive. Uh, Mr. Triple-Double Chandler Vaudrin for Winthrop. Probably should have been on my Sorry, Ch- Chandler Fraudrin. Chandler Frodrin, good lord, that dude was out for stats that just weren't there, even if he kept going for them. Um, I, I think the Baylor Nova game might be close for a little while. I trust Jay Wright to make that a game, but Baylor's starting to look like the Baylor of old again. Which yeah. uh, also shout out Vegas for that Wisconsin that uh, Baylor minus six. Thank you, free <laughs> money, and I, it's Baylor minus six against Villanova, by the way. And you best believe I am hammering Baylor minus six. Yeah, same. All right. Uh, next side of that would be or- Arkansas. I said Arkansas versus Oral Roberts. Does Cinderella finally run out of juice? I'm I don't know. No card. I'm saying I'm, I, honestly, I'm picking Oral Roberts in this game. I am too. Like they, they, and they actually played Arkansas earlier this year and played them pretty close. So they did play earlier this year. Oral Roberts, I believe, led at halftime. They did. And I got to think Oral Roberts is playing better ball now than they were at the beginning of the year. Uh, At least that's what the record shows me. 
Arkansas, look, they're the the Ken Palm stuff and the metrics tell me their defense is good. The eye test doesn't. They give up a lot of open shots, Cart. They do. And they play super fast, and maybe that's why it looks like they give up open shots. But, like, I think Oral Roberts is comfortable playing fast. I think they're comfortable taking a bunch of quick shots from deep, and I think they're going to get open ones. Yeah, true. And they, I mean, they've been through the they've been through the burner already. They knocked off Ohio State. They knocked off Florida. Like they're the boys are feeling themselves right now. I don't really think that they're really a team that's gonna like Arkansas. I don't think is really striking the fear in them. No, especially since they played them already. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep rolling with uh with Cinderella on this one to go Oral Roberts. I'm also gonna speak this into existence. I think if Oral Roberts beats Arkansas and Baylor beats Villanova, I think Vegas is gonna hype up Oral Roberts a little bit, and that line might open at like Baylor minus nine, and we are hammering that. Yeah, because it, it to speak to you know look ahead. I'm taking. Baylor against either of these teams. Yes. But, yes. but well, I think, well, but, for a, but sorry, for a betting perspective, it might be better for us if it's Baylor, Arkansas, because that'd be a close line, probably. Right. They probably try to make it pick them or like two points, three points. Yeah. But we'll see. I'm like, I'm just envisioning that Oral Roberts team trying to go against Baylor's guards defensively. Like, and look, God bless Max Asmus. He is so fun to watch, but. But Davion Mitchell will have that boy in a place he's never seen before. Can we also talk? Why isn't Davion Mitchell like a lottery pick? I think he's a first. Is he a first round pick? I haven't seen him on draft boards and I need explanations. Is it just because he's old? Maybe. That's the only reason I can think about it. But like this guy is literally an elite on ball defender and he also has great court vision and knocks down shots and he's a gamer. Like I have takes on Davion Mitchell. I think he's Baylor's best player. I don't know if that's too spicy. Like maybe, Jared, maybe, Jared maybe, maybe most important, but I don't know about best. Jared Butler to me is their clutchest shot maker. Davion does everything, dude. He's just a tenacious defender. He's their best passer. And I think he's an explosive scorer that if Jared Butler wasn't on his team would go for like 25 a game. Yeah. His hands are crazy too. Crazy. I don't know. People compare him to Spida. I totally see it. I, uh, I, I, if there's going to be 30 teams that pass on him or even 10 teams that pass on him in the draft, I think they're crazy. Let me, let me put it this way. If a team takes Keon Johnson over Davion Mitchell, I'll be in the ground. Oh, can't. Hey, I like Keon though. Well, you love bouncy wings that can't do anything but bounce. You always have, you always will. So is that, is that true? Do we have, do we have proof behind that? I think so. You love Stanley Johnson. Yeah. Also love Kevin Porter Jr. and Michael Porter Jr. Jr. Kevin Porter Jr. is just a bouncy wing that can't do anything. What are you talking about? He's in the league putting up damn near triple doubles right now. And Jordan Poole has the 13th best true shooting percentage in NBA history this season. He also looks like a pedophile. (laughs) And it's time to move to the last bracket. Loyola, Oregon State. Um, Loyola by a lot. Yeah, Loyola. Anything matchup-wise concern you for our Ramblers in this game? No. Honestly, I think that Oregon State has a real matchup problem with Loyola. Like, if you thought that Kofi Coburn couldn't handle that, that Silva dude cannot handle Cameron Cutley. 
So I'm I'm happy that it's o- or Oregon State just uh, like for Drew and because on paper that's an easier team to beat. But I was really hoping Oklahoma State would win that game because one I wanted to see how Loyola matched up with Cade and what the game plan would be. Yeah, Lucas Lucas on Cade would have been fun. That would have been fun. And two, Oklahoma State would have probably opened up as the favorite in that game, and I would have put my entire 401k on Loyola. Like that Oklahoma state was so sloppy in general that Loyola would have just picked them apart game plan wise. But I don't know. I'm i I'm a little concerned. There's like the whole, nobody believes in us thing with Oregon state right now. True. And- they're really, they're really embracing that whole pick this last and like no one has respect for us thing. And they've been playing extremely well and getting contributions from like that Kalu guy has averaged like five points all year. Now he's like a six ten just sniper out there talking shit, hitting shots. Like it's and his name's Kalu too like and the way he plays reminds me of chris jenkins from nova a little bit like he's kind of just like a bigger forward with a strap like yeah fun player but yeah i gotta think loyola hopefully advances easily um other side syracuse houston you're the houston expert on this podcast hey shout out to dejan duro what a performance man what a way to grit it out like I said, man, like they're going to find a way. Credit. Don't give Houston credit for that. You cannot give them credit. I am, bro. They got that – is, that is what a team looks like who has older guards who don't want to lose games, and they refuse to lose, and they you won the game. You know better than that. Rutgers just handed them that in a bow and ribbon. Or maybe – but Houston took it. <sighs> they didn't need to take it. It was force-fed down their throat. I got Houston. You think they're does they do they have the shooting? Hmm. Do they have the shooting to beat the Syracuse zone? The thing is, one of the hardest things to do out of a zone is rebound, and Houston does rebounding extremely well. So even if they're not shooting it well, they're probably going to get it back. I think. Who who do they put in the middle? We talked about you need a playmaker. I think they I think they should put either Jerome or Grimes in the middle. Honestly, the forward Gorham isn't even that bad in the middle either cuz I think he's well equipped to make decisions. He's not Derek Culver. This is going to determine my pick for this game. Who is Houston's starting center? Right now? Yeah. It is wait, it was White, but I think they're starting Cheney now. So if you didn't know that without hesitation, I'm picking Syracuse because that wow. you're like but it, it you're, changed you're the he... Houston guy. You didn't know like boom, that's who their center is, and they're supposed to go up against the Syracuse front court. Am I the Syracuse front court? Who Dolajai? Got a bunch of big dudes, man. A bunch of six nine dudes with seven foot wingspans is what they do. I'm taking cues. Flip the coin. <laughs> I'm due for a coin toss win. His head's can. I'm so sick of this shit. Oh, all right. Houston Loyola. Cart. Don't forget to tell. Houston Loyola. I'm going with Loyola. I think they're the better team. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Loyola's losing until the final four. I think we're God. Wouldn't it be beautiful? Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, Loyola. That. that that's a that's a sleeper's final four right there. That's honestly like, wait, was that that was actually our final four, wasn't it? Yeah. I didn't even realize we have a destiny play in play right now. Yeah, we do. 
the sleepers podcast picks the final four right on their bracket preview extraordinaire the first year yeah that's in play that's it and we and i think we need it because our brackets aren't looking good in our group so we need this why didn't we fill out we should have filled out just like a sleepers podcast bracket in the bracket group we'd be True. winning right now True. Also, I want to point out that me and Greg have a great level of integrity because I got a Venmo account for Sleepers Media. And like Greg said, I did take a couple betting losses this week. And I was thinking, like, maybe we just split this, take it, just cancel Sleepers Media, just never answer anybody again. But that's not who we are. We're for the people. So don't you guys worry. Actually, matter of fact, we might as well say who's in the lead right now. I think we need to show them some love on the pod. Go ahead. I was still scheming ways that we could pocket the money i'm not gonna lie i well i gotta re-download the app because i deleted it after michigan state lost but the honestly i don't know what, who's, you deleted what app after michigan state lost the tournament challenge app you are so lame dude i'm kidding shut up you're, you're so lame. lame you've been ducking everything for five days i've been ducking shit fuck you dude, okay that's it's so lame to say you don't duck when you actually do duck the only thing I duck is in doorways and short households, all right? Anyhow. You duck all of my insults for five days. Yeah, because sometimes you like to just hear yourself talk, and you I don't like do. to engage in it. I do. Right. Like, everyone else engages you, so I got to be the person to not engage you, so you stop it. All right. Uh, Cam's in first. I don't know who Cam is, but shout out, Cam. You're in first place right now. And you're tied with T. Rendon. I know oh. T. Rendon. Tyler Redden, okay. that, that's my guy. Okay, so, yeah, he is in second. Or he's tied in first right now, so those are the two. And shout-out Mrs. Waddell at fifth, holding it down for the Waddell family because her son can't. Actually, that'd be nice if she wins. I'm definitely not giving her the money. <laughs> Connie, you're getting it all, and don't you give a cent to Greg. Ah, okay. Uh, well, Cam, if you're listening to this, show yourself. Uh, you may have – some, although you picked Illinois to win it all, so let's be honest, you're not gonna. Win. Yeah, but he still has max points, I think. Oh no, he doesn't. Oh no, that's definitely gonna change. Honestly, Connie is in a great spot right now. Who's Yeehaw? Who's Lil Yant? I don't know. We got a couple people in play, honestly. Except, I mean, there's a lot of people that pick or a lot of people that pick Illinois, so they're definitely in the shitter. But there's a couple people that got a chance. Well, shout out to the 75 people that participated in the tournament challenge with the sleepers. We love you. We appreciate you buy some stuff from the sleeper store, by the way. So like, I'll just be honest. We opened up a store because people said they wanted merch. We opened it up and like three people ordered it. So shout out to those three people. We'll probably like take that link down because I also have received word from my guys at Artware apparel who are printing the shirts for us who uh, claim they can't print the shirts until we get some more orders. So, so, yeah, are, so we're going to throw the link out there, maybe some more, I don't know, do some more promotion or I'm just like, I don't want to have to order 20 of each shirt. Yeah. So. Order, order some shit. So our guy who did order the actual shirts can receive it before Christmas. Right. Like you, like we got y'all, man. We got the Dan Dockett shirt. We got the hats The we got everything you need. Order it. It's getting warm outside. You can wear shorts awesome. now acceptably. People wanted that stuff for free cart. When I when I said, hey, I got some extra hats here. Hit me up if you want one. I had about 50 people hit me up. And then all of a sudden, we throw a little $20 price tag on it, and people get stingy. Hey, I'm just saying, man, this ring light wasn't free, all right? This webcam wasn't free. 
this mic wasn't free. All right. I do this for y'all. Help me out. God damn it. Hashtag for the people. Always for the people, no matter what. All right. We'll be back uh, probably before the final four to rehash whether I'm sad or whether I'm happy. Can't wait for that. I mean, you should be happy either way, man. You had a good year. We want a great year, Cart. You know the feeling. Well, once every six years, you know the feeling where a, a potentially great year could become great. After like, you keep taking these shots at me, I'm going to say something mean, okay? Okay.